Good morning, good morning. Um, so last week, we started the study on fellowship. <clears throat> Due to time, we weren't able to finish. So today, I'm hoping we're able to finish. And let me give you a little bit of recap. You guys remembered, fellowship starts with God, with a fellowship with God, and then it triggers down to the church. Um, and today, I want to start with uh, a quote from Charles Spurgeon. And this is going to be a little bit of what, <clears throat> Mike, in light of what you said last week, <clears throat> I don't know you remember, but I, I, I do remember what you said that, you know, COVID and, you know, how churches were, uh, they stopped from fellowshipping and you had some pastors who were brave enough to, to do what they had to do to get the church, the flock back together, right, to fellowship. And um, before I, I start, I want to give you guys a, a quote from Charles Spurgeon. And he said, Satan always hates Christian fellowship. It is his policy to keep Christians apart. Anything which can divide saints from one another, he delights in. He attaches far more importance to godly intercourse than, what we, than we do. Since union is strength, he does, he does his best to promote separa separation. And I think that's true. And that's the importance of fellowship. Sometimes we miss the, <clears throat> the big picture. All right, so let's go ahead and pray. And then we'll stick to our passage, which is Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Heavenly Father, thank you for this study. Thank you for this Sunday. Thank you once more that we're able to delight in you, in your word, and in your people. Thank you for bringing us together to fellowship with each other, to learn from you, and to Lord... Um, gain from our gifts mutually uh, to express how much we love you by working our gifts, by sharing our gifts, to partaking and co-labor in the gospel. Lord, what a blessing it is to fellowship with you and your believers. Lord, now lead us, give us understanding through scripture, through the study, through our conversation. May it be godly, righteous. Lead us into righteousness, Lord. Uh, we need you. We need you more than ever. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> back to the main passage. I want to remind us that fellowship is a commandment. It's not something we are able to negotiate. We don't do that. We, it's a commandment. And in the writer of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 24-25 says, And let us consider how to store up one another, to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. What an amazing a script, piece of scripture because it tells us so much in those two verses. I do believe the day is drawing near. Mike, you had a... Oh, so I, I do believe that the day is drawing near. We're closer and closer to the day. The day there is talking of the day of the Lord. And it's incredible how Satan's enemy, the enemy, tries his best to keep the church apart. Yeah, so we see that. The day draws near, more deception. The church, hopefully, they, we don't fall into it and we continue to fellowship with one another. That is the call. And there is benefit. We'll see that later. But Mike, you got a... 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you know what? And ultimately what it does is when we're separated, <clears throat> we are hindering the completion of the Great Commission. That's the goal. That's our calling. Right? That is the calling. And when we don't fellowship, we are not being equipped properly for the Great Commission. And that's, that's the call again. So we said last week that fellowship starts with God. A good fellowship or a good posture, a high view of God will lead us to a high view of the church and therefore fellowship. Um, so let us go. So there are areas that we share in together and jointly participate in, in spiritual matters. Uh, we said that we walk first, we walk in the light of the gospel. Uh, Mike, since you're already, Bible is open, 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verses 3 and 4. 3 and 4. Amen. And, and we see that, again, deception to those who do not believe. Uh, I believe, strongly believe that when we fellowship, God uses our gifts to open up our minds, our, our, our hearts, to the truth of the gospel, continually equipping us and, you know, and sanctifying us for the Great Commission. That is what we do here every Sunday. We come together. We learn from our different gifts. We have different gifts. We have teachers. We got pastors. And, and they use their gifts for that. Second, we are fellow citizens of the household of God. Can someone read for me Ephesians chapter 2, 19 to 22? Ephesians 2, verses 19 to 22. We are built together. Keyword together. We belong to the household of God. We are a flock. Here is now talking about a separation that you could find God or you could continue on your sanctification process on your own. That's, that's impossible. We are, we are a holy nation. Ultimately, fellowship will be displayed in eternity when we all, every tongue, every nation, will come together and worship Christ. What we're doing here every Sunday is preparation for that day. We will worship God in fellowship Perfect union with Christ together, forever and ever. So Christ, by means of grace, this is, what, this is our gift to us. That we come, we fellowship together, we worship God, right? That is preparation. We miss the whole picture. is that we are being prepared for the day that we are transformed, glorified, and we pre... And we, Praise God. We praise the Lord, the King. So we can't find that boring or neglect that calling or command. Because that's what we're going to do forever and ever. Fellowship together. Um, we are partakers, again, partakers of His promise in Christ through the gospel. And if one of the sisters, Lynn, maybe, if you, you don't mind... Ephesians 3, 1 to 6, if you'll be so kind. Well, that is deep. That's what fellowship does. With, first with God, with us. We have a promise. 
promise of freedom, promise of life. We are partakers of the mysteries that in the past were not revealed to men. And today has been granted and given to us. Wow. And I believe that those mysteries of the gospel is completed and expanded when we fellowship here every single Sunday. By the gifts of preachers, teachers, and the many gifts that the church has at your disposal. Yeah. Number four, we are citizens of heaven. I think we touched that a little bit on point two. Number five, we are sanctified when we fellowship. We are sanctified. That is God's will for us, to be sanctified, to be more like Christ. Can, uh, Brother Freddy, can you read for me Hebrews 2, 11? 11? <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Number six, we are of one mind. When we fellowship, we are of one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Can someone read for me Philippians 1.27? Sometimes, you know, we miss the, the point of fellowship that we, as believers, all we argue is about is politics. So many different things, and we lose track of the true calling. What if the church unites like the, the root, Paul says, in one, for one pur- purpose and one goal, which is the gospel. I wonder what revival may come out of it. Instead of being in social media, fighting with each other, or arguing secondary issues such as eschatology, we spend so much energy arguing with one another and trying to be self-righteous that we miss the point. There's so much harvest out there. We are here. It says that the laborers are few and we still are arguing. We're so few and still arguing with each other. Instead of, instead of focusing, being in one mind, one accord in the gospel. Hmm. We fellowship, true fellowship, we strive to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. I think this goes along the lines Angie, if you could, if you don't mind, reading for me Ephesians 4, 1 to 6. And guys, you could jump in anytime you want. <laughs> Please. Now, this is talking about the peace within the church. Sometimes because of our background, um, we bring this baggage and we bring it to the church. And sometimes we just, we have, we don't have peace sometimes with our brothers and sisters. Just because, I don't know, maybe social statuses, maybe wealth, this and that, and we, we, create, we create these cliques, and sometimes we don't even know that we're hurting one another, but we forget that we should have one mind, union with Christ, unity in the Spirit, and peace with one another. We should always be on the lookout for the well-being of our brothers and sisters rather than ours. And I think that's so important. We also share in doing the work of our Lord and Savior, 
Sometimes this is shared individually and other times collectively, right? But we're going to focus more on the collective that we share in doing the work of our Lord and Savior. We collabor with Christ in the gospel. We participate in the worship of our Heavenly Father. Can someone read for me John 4, 23, 24? This is, this is what we do when we fellowship, right? If we are true worshipers, you fellowship. Because at the end, like I said before, that is goal, to worship together, our Father. And he's looking for such people. This is a great reminder of why we come every Sunday. And I hope that we take that to heart. If, you, if we are lacking in this area, in this er- area, Please ponder on that. Think on that. Repent if you need to repent on that. Then, well, yeah. That's, that's a great, you know, I, I coming to, to, to Cornerstone, one of the things that drove me in or pulled me into this church was that, right? Uh, being a visitor, so many, so many of you, you know, took the time to know my name, my family's name, were interested in getting to know us, and that drew me in. May we continue to do those things, that godly things. And kudos to the church. I think we, we do that pretty well. <laughs> or you, you're one flesh, so that's it, that's it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, thank God for you both. Uh, yeah, praise the Lord. Well said. Yeah, there's certain circles, obviously, in, the- in theology you have to keep in. Like, you know, if you, uh, eschatology, there's certain circles you're not going to go and Talk about your view because it's gonna might offend someone else or start a war, so to speak. Right? No, no. You just sometimes you gotta be wise, keep it to yourself. And but on the main things, we have to be in one accord, one mind. Salvation, gospel. Some things we can we can't negotiate. That's it. Those are non-negotiables. But you know, there's things that we have to be prudent. We have to be. We're called to to be wise. Not to be a stumbling rock or stone to someone else. And we just got to, you know, I had a, I have a new employee at, at work. And he, he's a charismatic, you know, brother, but very sound. And, you know, we're talking, getting to know each other. And say, hey, man, I heard you, you know, you, you're a Christian. Good to meet you, man. I'm so glad that now I have a fellow Christian that maybe we, have, we could have conversations at work. It's, it's hard. Being a Christian, and everybody knows here at work. It's tough because sometimes you feel alone. Sometimes you, you know, people don't understand you, why you do the things you do, right? And they think you're more, right, more righteous than, than they are. But it's not. You're loving Christ and you, you know, you're, that you're working your sanctification, your, your, I mean, your, your, your faith. And, and I was talking to him and all of a sudden he pours out, yeah, but you know, I'm a Christian, man, but, but, but you know, none of this Calvinist stuff and, you know, I don't know, that, that, that's weird. And so he was already separating, giving, you know, some two different types of Christians. And I had to step in and say, brother, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I am a Calvinist, but I don't want to talk about that, nor I want to debate that with you. I want to say that I am glad that we're both 
believers in Christ and we both have put our faith in Christ. And I think that's what matters at the end of the day. I'm not here to debate you. I just came here to know you and to tell you that, man, I'm happy to see another fellow Christian at work. And that's amazing. Now it is up to me, obviously, not to step in and bombard them with, with uh, you know, the, the doctrines of grace and Calvinist view. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so, but yeah, be, be united in one accord, which is the gospel. At the end of the day, we've all, all Christians, whether, you know, the charismatic movement, whether, hey, listen, we're all being called to preach the gospel. That's, that's our goal. But great points, guys. Great points. Uh, we, as together, we can support preachers. Uh, in the church of Philippi, uh, Paul shared, uh, the, Phil- uh, the Philippi church shared with Paul by helping to support him as, the, as he preached. Uh, can someone read for us Philippians 4.15? These are things that we could do collectively, obviously. I, 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 our church does a great thing, uh, you know, great missionary work with other, and partnering with other churches. That is godly. That is what we could do together as a, as a church. That's part of fellowship, not only with the, with the, with the body here in, in, in our church, local church, but with the universal church. We could still fellowship with each other and work towards one goal, the gospel. And if someone could read for me Philippians. Um, what a blessing was, was Philippians to share in the gospel, right? To support Paul in his preaching and his, his mission. How much did they gain from fellowship with, with him, right? Imagine the, uh, you know, the blessings. They might not have not seen it at the, at the moment, but how many people came to Christ because of Paul and his preaching, and they were able to, to do that. And I'm grateful that our church does that, that they partner with other churches in the uh, Dominican Republic, I believe. That, that's, that's amazing. That's the gospel. And we're able to do that together. That's part of fellowship. Um, uh, we can extend the right hand of fellowship to fellow laborers. Uh, we see that James, Cephas, and John extended to Paul and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. You know, sometimes we send out preachers from the local church to plant other churches. We see that. That's biblical. Uh, we just don't want to stay in one local church. We want to expand. Some churches do that. Some others, but we do that through our missions which is a great way to fellowship together. I also want to note here that corporate worship or fellowship is worship. When we come together, we are worshiping God just by coming in, fellowship, having fellowship with one another. We are worshiping God. Can someone read for me? Uh, actually, no, because we already read that, Hebrews 10, 24, 25. And uh, corporate fellowship is a mandate. And, and I hope that we get that. We already have that in our minds. That is a mandate. We don't negotiate with that. We are not meant to live a Christian life on our own. There are no lone wolves or lone rangers, only a flock of sheep. We are... Sheep. Can someone read for me Psalms 95.7? And someone else can read for me John chapter 10. This is a long one. 1 to 18. Psalms 95.7. 
John chapter 10, verses 1 to 18. Where's she? Where's his flock? We have heard his words, his voice. Sheep gather together. You don't see sheep spreading out, going everywhere else. No, they gather together. Right? And thank God we have a, a, a shepherd that sometimes when we tend to lead astray or try, he pulls us back together. Right? He pulls us back because he wants unity and fellowship. But we are sheep. We're not wolves. We're not any, anything, anything else. We're called to be sheep. Yeah. God's original plan was to, what, what did he say to Adam and Eve? Multiply. Multiply. That was it. Multiply. And that's what he wanted. And he always called a nation. You see Israel, right? A nation, not just one person. Yeah, he might have given Abraham um, uh, a blessing and, and a promise, but it was always that, what? Multiple, many, as countless as the sky, the stars. So that was the, the goal. That is the goal, right? Multiple, many, many people together for his glory and for the, his worship. That's it. That's it. Can someone, uh, John 10, 1, 18? Uh, 1, verses 1 to 18, 1. Amen. I mean, that's it, that's it at all, right? Thank God for a good shepherd. We are his flock. We're not lone uh, rangers. We're not lone wolves going on our own. Thank God, thank heavens for that, right? that we have a good shepherd. Um, also, we have a good shepherd, the ultimate shepherd, but also that shepherd, Jesus, has blessed the church with under-shepherds, elders of local churches that we, we submit to under their teaching. As a flock, as, as we fellowship, we ought to be cautious, obviously, of their preach, of the teaching. They are aligned with Scripture, but that's another gift that God has given us, under-shepherds. And uh, Troy, if you don't mind reading Acts 20, 2832, and I think Freddie's close to that, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> close to preaching on Acts 20. Um, Acts 20, 28 to 32. Amen. We have been blessed with under shepherds, men that have a calling to care for the flock. And when we fellowship, I encourage you to take care of your shepherds. Sometimes we see these men as superheroes. They could take it all. They could take all the way. One way that we could fellowship with each other is to help our shepherds. You know, serve them well. Make sure their needs are met. Make sure they are okay. Because they're the ones that take care of us spiritually. Right? One way we could do is, you know, we have an amazing pastor that we need to make sure that he's okay. Right? His family is okay. He's cared to. We lay so many burdens on, on, on him sometimes. We're constantly calling, the, calling him when we are in need. We ought to be careful, you know, caring for him, making sure that he's okay. That's how we fellowship. Not just me, me, me mentality. Yes, Mike. Yeah, ultimately, what, what we want is the church to administer to each other. Right? The pastor doesn't, it's not the go-to guy, fix it all. Absolutely. You know, the, the word that brings to mind is accountability. And I, I, one of the things I'm going to bring Tony, I'm going to 
put you on the spot. Because we've, we, we, we've had a great conversation, Tony and I. Um, <clears throat> there are great platforms, uh, men's ministry, women's ministry. Utilize these platforms for accountability, not just giving, yeah, word. I, we, are, we, we keep each other accountable with the word, but not just Bible studies. Use a moment of that platform to keep each other accountable. Create a culture of accountability. Sometimes we, yeah, we see God as our Savior and our Lord, but we, this is where we draw the line, right? Nobody gets into my bubble. Nobody gets into my circle. There are things in my family, secrets that I'm not going to disclose. Nah, no, but that's not biblical. The Bible teaches that we ought to do those things yeah. and, 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 and push each other for that. Push yourself. Little by little, it doesn't have to be all together. You don't have to be now Mr. or Mrs. Transparent. You don't have to be out. No, but try yourself to build relationships enough where you could start now. Hey, I'm depositing. I'm entrusting in you this issue that I have, this sin. undisclosed, but I'm coming to you. Can you pray with me? Can you keep me? Not only pray with me, but keep me accountable. Accountable. Hold the thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that's when we find and then pastors trying to pull up, um, put out the fire, right? But we, we, it may, might have been that we might have prevented that. If we are in fel- true fellowship, we let the fire, you know, break out. And then when we see the pastors and leaders and try to pull out the fire when we, they really had, I mean, we didn't have to go that far. Yeah, no, great. I mean, that's awesome. Awesome. Awesome that you have that. <laughs> That's <the thing. laughs> uh, so I got a few minutes. I'm just gonna finish finish with this. Um, the life of a lone ranger is a dangerous one. Don't get caught up on that. A lone ranger will lack spiritual maturity. Yeah, it's it's in, it's inevitable. If you're on your own, you won't grow. You'll just become a baby. The faith may be at that. A lone ranger depraves the body of Christ of his or her gifts. Don't be that person. You all have a gift. And listen to me. I need your gifts. I need your gifts. I'm going to be the first one to say, I need your gifts. And you need mine. We need each other. Think of that. Think of that. A lone ranger has no accountability. We're talking about that. Therefore, putting themselves in danger of sin and temptation. A lot of the times, when uh, we fall into the sin, and we continue, it's because we have no accountability. Don't do that. A lone ranger tends to lead others from the comfortability and safety of the flock. Watch out for those who say, I don't need a church. I don't need to gather. Watch out for them. They'll, be, they'll have their own philosophies of why you don't need the church and why it's a waste of time and why membership doesn't matter. And be aware of those. Be aware of those. No. Come. Continue to gather. Continue to gather. Amen? Well, that's all I have. Uh, you guys have any questions? Any comments? Nope? All right. No, so let us... Oh, Mike. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Last point. <laughs> nice side. Well, that's a great opportunity to come together now and 
And pray for Osborne. For his glory, right? And that's a great now. And we've heard that you have a need. And when we pray for you and, you know, men come, join in his suffering, whatever it is that Osborne is going through, encourage him. Woof, man. Wow. Well, we should pray for that. Pray for that. All right, so let us pray. And uh, may we be ready, our hearts be ready for worship and God's word this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you once more. You have gifted us with the church, with our brothers and sisters. Lord, you did not leave us alone. First, you gave us yourself, another comforter in the Holy Spirit. But you've given us brothers and sisters, a family to care, care for and be taken care of. Lord, I, I pray that we have a culture in this church of true fellowship with one another. Lord, may we carry the burdens of one another. May we pray for each other. May we service each other with our gifts. Lord, we want to be more like you. Lord, Lord, you gave it all. You being God, creator of the heavens and the earth, needing nothing. Lord, you took, upon, took it upon yourself to come and serve us. Teach us to, be, to do the same for each other. This is our heart as the church. And I know, Lord, we don't do it perfectly, but we, we are trying. We ask you for your help. Bless us in this way. We have a church that is mature in doing so. That when visitors come, they feel the love that we have for one another. That they know that they'll also be taken care of. Lord, I pray, I pray for us that you supply all our spiritual needs. Be with us today as we worship you in singing, in prayer, and in your word. Lord, that we may be edified and sanctified. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for everything that you give us. It is in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen.